you do know what PDGF is, and you're like, um, as soon as I walk out of this room. <laughs> Dude, I don't know what to tell you. Just stop eating it, maybe? Google says I'm having a heart attack. Google doesn't have any medical training. I have this crystal and it's amethyst. It's very powerful, so just I'm not going to take it out of my purse right now. What kind of pharmacist are you? Welcome to Epinephrine, the podcast that brings you the crazy insanity behind what happens in the ER. I'm your host, Rob Brandt, and we bring you this week, But Google Told Me So, stories that involve people learning too much or too little from the internet and the chaos that happened due to that. But first, uh, let's hear the story behind the story. But Google Told Me So. I have had a few cases in my medical career where I truly loved pseudoscience. The patient I was taking care of diagnosed herself with diffuse, complete body pain, but she told me all of her symptoms ceased after she put on two magnetic bracelets. Being the compassionate and caring doctor that I am, I did what any of you would have done. I told her never to take off those bracelets no matter what. I will admit that there are some treatments that I don't understand, acupuncture for one, but they do seem to have a positive effect without serious side effects. Do I believe that she truly had a debilitating disease and all of her chronic pain was cured by the magic of magnets? Well, no, but she did, and she felt better. I have yet to prescribe magical magnet bracelets to anyone, but I do have difficulty explaining why quackery and pseudoscience caused such an instant hair-on-my-neck monkey brain-level irritation to my core, but they do. My irritation starts with the anti-vax community. Most anti-vaxxers are well-meaning individuals who do just enough research to become terrified. Then, unfortunately, some become so passionate that any information contrary to their quote-unquote research is taken as an affront. The normal anti-vax argument goes like this. Vaccines cause autism, they say. Well, no, the scientific community has debunked this several times. Or, vaccines have mercury in them. Mercury! Well, vaccines used to have a thimerosal as a preservative, so multiple vaccinations could be given from one container. This is very different from the mercury in thermometers, which can potentially cause problems. Well, despite this, thimerosal has been removed from most vaccines. Or better yet, they'll say, vaccines are filled with toxins. Ugh. Every time I hear the word toxin, I want to gouge out my tympanic membrane with a sharpened tongue depressor. No one in the pseudo-scientific community seems to define this word the same way. Are toxins metals? Are they bacteria? Are they viruses? Usually, toxins is a nebulous term used to describe potentially a bad somethings that could hurt you. Often, these somethings can only be cured by some diarrhea-inducing panacea. Toxins also may equate to just being poop. Fantastic news! Most of our bodies are pretty good at getting rid of it in the first place. But if you need a cure for this, I can sell you some of my new Dr. Brandt's natural, organic, non-GMO, toxin-fighting placebo! Yes, it may look and act exactly like Miralax, but the cool packaging sticker will definitely make it worth the $99.99.99 you'll pay, shipping not included. Okay, the argument against toxins also brings in an entirely new wing of pseudoscience. This is the wing that believes only plants have the power to heal. I had a young man who sprained his ankle. His healer slash arborist said medications have toxins and he should only take natural remedies. 
Natural, of course, meant plant pills that he could purchase from his healer. He tried Arnica. Unfortunately, it did not help his pain, possibly because it was made from crushed sunflower seeds. Like most naturalist medications, Arnica has no regulations specifying what goes into it, so you might be taking Arnica or you might be taking grass clippings. He refused ibuprofen. I can at least understand this logic. Homeopathy, on the other side of the pseudocoin, simply baffles me. In homeopathy, take the offending agent, dilute it, dilute it again, and then again, and again until the amount is undetectable. Then consume it, and this will heal you. Confused? Good. Somehow, minuscule amounts of some spice or herb heals gout or diabetes or cancer. Homeopathy is at least an established pseudoscience. But you know what the worst culprit of all is? What one thing causes more frustration for all of the medical community? The newest pseudoscience is, of course, Dr. Google. The quick internet search of random symptoms resulting in panic has caused mass frustration for the ED community. It may not fit nicely into the pseudoscience category like crystals or reflexology or toxin cleansing, but many believe anything found on the internet must be true. I had to explain at length to a patient that I cannot run this NutraSuite level in the ED. Google search is the hypochondriac's best friend and worst enemy, and they're coming to the ED to be sure they don't have a botfly larva in their arm, even if they live in Montana and have never traveled. I do not know the best way to fight this misinformation. I understand the well-meaning but terror-inducing search for answers, but sometimes it causes a strain on the medical field. The good news is, even if they have something you have never seen before, you can always Google it. And if that doesn't work, I have a powder that they can take. Welcome to episode three of the Epinephrines. I'm your host, Rob Brandt, and with me, as always, are my Epinephrines. My name is Casey Brandt. I'm a clinical pharmacist in the emergency department. I think of anything better. So my favorite um, children's cartoon that we've uh, been watching lately is uh, Peppa Pig, just because the grown-ups are always throwing shade at each other, and like Grampy Rabbit is obsessed with eating cheese. They get marooned on this island, and he's like. I'm going to draw a line in the sand every time I think of cheese. And he's just sitting there, like, drawing a line in the sand with a stick over and over. <laughs> really for the adults. <laughs> so. um, I'm Jen James. I'm a PA in the emergency department. And my favorite cartoon, my son's only a year and a half, so we haven't started watching a lot of TV yet. But I have been a Phineas and Ferb lover since the very beginning. And I still, if I catch it on TV, can sit and watch it for hours. I love everything about it. Uh, my name's uh, Rob Brandt. No relation. No relation. And uh, I've been an ER doc for 12 years and still loving it. Um, my favorite kids cartoon, this is a hard one because I am a cartoon super nerd, but um, my daughter and I just finished watching all of Avatar The Last Airbender. It's just, if you haven't seen it, just, just go get Avatar. I mean, this is for the adults, for, every, for the, the adults listening. Just, just get Avatar The Last Airbender and watch it. It's amazing. And my name is Jacob Barnett. I'm a physician assistant in the emergency department for the past nine years. And oh, I guess my favorite children's cartoon right now, I feel like with this pandemic, we like watch a lot of cartoons. I would have to go with rescue bots right now 
Yeah. I, I mean, it's like Transformers, but kid version. I, it's, it's, it's pretty good. I just wanted to start off with a thing that I had where, um, boy, this was years ago, and this guy, this guy came in with his friend, and he was like, he he came in with paperwork from his research online, and he was demanding that I test him for NutraSweet, and I was just like, what? He's like, you have to test me. You have to test me for NutraSweet, and I was like, what? What do you mean? He's like, well, I've got these symptoms, and so he had a chain letter of symptoms. He's like, and they're all just the non, the most non-specific. He's like, you wake up, and you're not feeling as fully rested. I have that. I was like, <laughs> oh, okay. And he's like, and sometimes, and and they, but they, I can't remember specifically, but they were like really odd. They're like, I blink too much. I'm like, <laughs> like yeah, yeah. And NutraSweet yeah. does that. And he's like, and he's and he's pushing these papers into my hand. He's like, you have to read it. You you read this, read this. And it was literally a an email chain letter about it <laughs> it wasn't like it was like a study it was just like a chain letter of things listing off symptoms that you could get if you have that and it's like and you got to test me you got to test me for the NutraSweet and I'm like I, I that's that's we we can't do that he's like no no you have to and I'm like I, I I can't do I don't even know where to start think about where you would go to get this testing had he had he been eating NutraSweet well he because he had because he he started looking up things that he had eaten, and I mean it's in everything, so it's like any diet pops, it's in it. So he was like adamant that he had overdosed on NutraSweet like chronically, which all of us have, I guess, because it's in everything. And I'm like, I, I dude, I don't know what to tell you. Just stop eating it, maybe. And, you know, because all of our, you know, if you're, if you have your typical American diet, we eat garbage. I'm not with that. I mean, everybody's diet is terrible and I am a full supporter of eating better, but I wasn't sure what in the ER I could do for his chronic NutraSweet toxicity. You can test him for the NutraSweet. Right. I tested him by saying, yes, you have it in you. Fact. Have a nice day. Bye. Um, I, I, uh, bringing the papers in reminded me of this lady who, um, came in for her chronic pain, um, and she had paperwork from, from some specialized hospital that indicated that she was a, a, a super metabolizer. (laughs) And (laughs) I like where this is going. I felt like. It was probably legitimate, but, like, it didn't necessarily mean that, like, I was going to give her more pain medication. Like, I just, and she was just like, well, look right here. Like, clearly, <laughs> this standard stuff is not going to work. And I was like, I, yeah, but no. Like, no, I require three <laughs> gallons of morphine. I have to dump yes. my face in it and just eat it. I just, I was like, I don't even know how to respond to this paperwork. Like, I guess you should get your enormous amounts of opiates somewhere else. Maybe go back to the doctor who says you need them. Yeah. Yeah, right? But what, what did she want you to do? Dilaudid trip? I don't know. I think it was just like, it was, she wanted her pain treated. But just so I know, she's... She's a high metabolizer, so okay. the the standard half milligram ain't gonna cut it. 
got to up it. And I think she also, of course, I mean, she was a high metabolizer, but also had a allergy list that was, you know, 14 deep. So (laughs) I think people come in with stuff like that where they're like, you know, telling you up front, like, I'm afraid what you're going to do as the standard thing is not going to work for me. You're going to have to start with some reassurance. Like, listen, my goal is to take good care of you. And I want to do that. And thank you for the information, but I'm, I'm still going to try yeah. to take good care of you. Like that is, that is my goal. I didn't, I don't know. I feel like they're just worried. Like they haven't been taken good care of in the past. And they're just trying to warn you that what you're normally going to do is not going to work. Like they are just trying to be super involved in, in what you're going to do. But it's like, just so you know, it's, it's like people saying they have a high pain tolerance. Like, just so you know, <laughs> have a high pain tolerance. It's like, I guess we have data to say, like, just so we know you don't have a high pain tolerance. <laughs> They've actually studied it. And people who say they have a high pain tolerance and need lots of pain medicines actually don't have a high pain tolerance, contrary to what you would actually think. Well, I did have a, a guy who came in. I don't even remember what it was for. Um, I mean, he came, he came in for something like, you know, jitteriness. And it turns mm-hmm. out it was, I mean, it was just anxiety. And, you know, mm-hmm. super anxious guy came in and said, well, I need, I need to get like this massive dose of, of Ativan. And I was like, why? And he's like, well, I went on Yahoo Answers and I was like, oh, the, the, the cutting edge source of medical information. And, of course. And so he's sitting there and I'm like talking to him like, listen, why don't we try a few things? Why don't you try taking your home medications? There's other things that we can do other than massive dose of, of Ativan. I mean, this is, I mean, this is enough to, you know, put down a bull moose. I, I don't thing and he's like no 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 just wait and he's sitting there scrolling through his phone scrolling through his phone scrolling through his trying to find somebody who responded to an answer and you know it, it, and it's yahoo answers i mean anybody can write an answer to this and then he holds his phone it's like see see and it's like you know like ding dong 69 says take out of it's like um i don't think i can use this as a source of information to take care of you this is <laughs> dangerous at best but it's right here, it, it, it proves it. No, no, no. Uh, it's so difficult because how do you, like, un, undo that? You're like, I want to take care of you. I also don't want to kill you. I want to come up with a plan that is not dangerous, but also that you are happy with. How can how can we get there? Let's yeah, it's hard. have a discussion. Oh, my gosh, it's so hard. Uh, we're a patient that... We were calling to, we were, we were doing notification calls for a long time, um, notify people of their um, their coronavirus testing results. And we called and um, notified this uh, a girl of her results. And she had started out by telling us everything she was doing um, to take care of everybody in her household. It was kind of this cascade of this person was positive. And so family member was outside living in the driveway in a trailer and isolating themselves. And this other person ended up getting positive in the house. That person's quarantined in this part of the house and there's a towel, you know, against the door and they're sanitizing everything. Now, you know, it turns out they're positive for coronavirus. Like that's what I called to tell them and they're not feeling good and they have a headache and they're this and they're, you know, then it turned into like a half hour conversation of what do you think about this supplement? Uh, how do you spell that? With Q-U-R-X-C, like, I'm typing. I'm like, I, I, okay, I, I don't know. I've not heard of that. Well, I mean, the supplement's supposed to be good. Not, I mean, I've heard of like vitamin C and vitamin D. You know, it changes every day. It's hard to keep up with. Well, do you watch, you know, MedCram? 
Um, no, I don't. Watch. It's for, well, it's for medical. It's, it's for medical students. They they watch these videos to learn about medicine. You don't watch. You don't know what MedCram is. Uh, no, no, I, Miss, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I've heard of it, but I don't watch it. Oh, well, that's that's what told me to take all these supplements. Well, and I'm taking this, and I'm taking this, and I feel dizzy, and I have a lot of headaches and diarrhea, and um, okay, well, I if you know, you, get, you drink this and that, and you know, I don't want to drink that; it has sugar in it. Well, I mean, are you worried about what? <laughs> you have to, what's the concern about sugar? Like, do you have diabetes? No. <sighs> okay, you have to get rehydrated somehow. So we're talking about like basic rehydration, and uh, I have a lot of headaches and this, and I'm taking a lot of this, like you know, taking like a a a, a was it peptid, um, like super high doses. I heard that kills the virus. Did you? Yeah, did you hear did you hear about that? I'm taking like uh, 80 milligrams twice a day. Okay, well, I had not heard about You haven't heard about that? I saw that on MedCram. Again, I do not watch MedCram. Um, okay, but so I feel like that's helping. I mean, did you have heartburn? No, well, that's usually what we use Pepsid for. Okay, um, you said you have some headaches and some GI symptoms, like some diarrhea stuff. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, has it been getting better since you started taking the Pepsid? No, no, not at all. Let me, let me just hold up here. As a pharmacist, I feel like I have to tell you, like, the top, top side effects for Pepsid, even at normal doses, which, you know, again, you're taking, like, five times what I would recommend somebody take. Top side effects are headache and diarrhea, which you said are really <laughs> bad for you right now. I think maybe you want to r- try rolling that back, the Pepsid, and see if it gets better. Huh. I guess I could try that. <laughs> hard because I feel like frequently these patients have come in and they've invested so much in the research online and I to sit down and have a conversation about like I will literally like well hand me what you found or let's go over and we can talk about like what symptoms you're having that could be related to this and why I don't think it's that or why we need to do more testing and they almost take it personal when you disagree with their diagnosis Mm-hmm. When you're explaining, like, no, like, you know, I don't think it's, you know, ACS because the your chest pain only comes on immediately after eating. It's only with laying mm-hmm. down. You don't have any symptoms with it or that symptom with it. But, mm-hmm. you know, what we can do today is get a troponin EKG. And you get those studies and everything looks good. And you go in there with this hope of reassuring this patient you're not having a heart attack. I think that mm-hmm. the experience you've been experiencing is heartburn. And they're mad like google says i'm having a heart attack and like google doesn't have any medical training yeah (laughs) and you can't sue them if they're wrong by the way (laughs) no one writes online about the simple straightforward medical problem that they had that was easily diagnosed and taken care of in the office with no major testing and so most Medical problems are, you know, we use the analogy in medicine of horses and zebras. Mm-hmm. Like when you hear the hooves, think horses, not zebras. Mm-hmm. So it's usually the most common thing. And when you go online and you're looking, people are online inventing their frustrations because they have the zebra. Yes. Chances are you don't also have the zebra. Chances are you're another horse and we can figure this out together. And don't be offended if I don't think it's the same thing you think it is. Mm-hmm. be happy you're not as sick as you could be yeah that's yeah a really good point because it's you know like hey you know you're worried about a heart attack i'm gonna look and i'm gonna assume you are until i can prove you're not i've proven you you don't have a heart attack this is good news no it's a heart attack no 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 it's not I... <laughs> but yeah but but on alt 
alt-chess-backslash-attackheart.com, it said that mm. I might have that. Yeah, you might, but you don't. That's that's why we tested for it. It's really tough because a lot of us trained years ago before all this information and this sophisticated you know stuff was available out there, and now we're kind of working once it's all become available to people, and I think it's very empowering for people to have information, but also we're trying to like kind of learn as we go how to have these discussions with people and how to say, like, look, I am not trying to trick you. I am trying to take care of you, and I'm trying to make sure you don't die, and I want to come up with a plan that you're happy with together with you. But I, I'm, 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 I'm seriously, I'm not trying to trick you. I'm not even. <laughs> in directing them to good resources, because mm-hmm. anything can be online, but getting them to websites that are actually helpful and have good information are appropriately written for laymen, so people who don't have a lot of experience in medicine, so they can learn more about their diseases or diagnoses, but mm-hmm. do it at a level that's actually going to be speaking to them as opposed to they come in and like, I don't even know what this is, but I'm pretty sure I have it. Yeah. And I started taking dandelion root and I spent $200 on herbs and things that, you know, looked good. And my friend told me about it and I I have this crystal and it's amethyst. It's very powerful. So just, I'm not going to take it out of my purse right now because I don't want to explode this whole room. But I mean, you can feel the power right now. You feel better, right? Being next to my amethyst crystal. So um, I just, I would like to incorporate the amethyst crystal and the dandelion root into whatever plan we come up with, just so you know. Ahead of time, doctor, when you're coming over next week, <laughs> I think I'm pretty sure it's dandelion, which is a very powerful diuretic, and it's like I'm like I was not aware of that. Oh, you didn't know that? It, it, <laughs> what kind of pharmacist are you? <laughs> well, that's that's how it, that's how it was, and I was like, I, I, I did not, and I'm going to research it right now. <laughs> because, that's left my office to try myself to school well, and then get up on diet science. I, I was like, okay, I can either laugh this, laugh and be like, that's not a diuretic, or I can be like, I will look that up because you are clearly very serious about this, and this person clearly has heart failure. But it was like my task, just to back up, was to go in there and get a list of all the herbals that they were on, which was like twenty. Well, um, dangerous too, because there's, I mean, there's a lot of herbal. I mean, there's a lot of, you know things out there that people take that aren't medications that absolutely can completely alter your, your, your metabolism, your everything, you know, mm-hmm. taking the, the, a mishmash of different herbs. It's like you, like the KFC, you've got 12 herbs and spices going on inside that are, oh wait, your, your potassium's point two because you've taken all the stuff that's leached it out of you. Yeah. It was like, I, I got sent in there and it was like, here's what I think they're taking. Can you just go double check? And it was like a, you know, post-it note. And I came out with, I don't know if anybody remembers like the circuit city receipts you got that was like the length <laughs> of the equator. I came out with a list like that. And I was like, this is what they're on actually. <laughs> I'm like dating myself with that reference, but it, that's what it was. It was that long. <laughs> I was like, what is that? You know what it is. Never, never heard <laughs> yeah. of it. It was like, is that for people who don't know, uh, it was like it was like a foot and a half long like list of what they were on and why they were on it. <laughs> it was like a crazy combination. Um, so there was, I uh, came in with a list of like five things. I just want to verify this, what they're taking. It was like, oh, no, there's 23 things and some PRNs. This is this is the yeah. flip side of the uh, Google coin here because I've got an interesting story that I actually just remembered. It's about have you ever had anything good or helpful because the patient went on Google and I had this uh-huh. guy who came in, 
and he seemed like a normal guy. He seemed intelligent, and he's and he said, you know, the 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 the, the problem with the interaction was not him; it was me because he came in and said, oh, "Gosh, I don't even remember, I don't even remember the the ailment," but he said something. It was it was an obscure. He's like, "Hi, I'm here because I want to have my subclavian steel checked out," and I'm like, "Wait." What? <laughs> and you're like, and it was like, it was, it, it was. I don't know if that was what it was. But it was something like that. Whereas, you know, it was a zebra, and he's just like, I went online, and he and he kind of prefaced himself like, I went online, and I know if you go online, you got to be careful. But then he started list, listing off his symptoms. He's like, you know, I've got this left shoulder pain and this exertional thing. And if I hold my arm up like this, I got this numbness and tingling that comes, and it's reproducible. I'm like. You know, and and my knee jerk is whenever you hear somebody said I look up online, my knee jerk brain normally kind of shuts off and is just like, oh boy, here we go. But the more this guy yeah. started talking, I'm like, okay, no, everything you say actually 100% sounds exactly like it. And I'm either having a shared delusion with you, but I gotta check this out. A <laughs> shared delusion. Yeah, and I got I got the CT scan of this guy. I'm like, holy crap, you just 100% did the appropriate self-diagnosis and we got to get you into the hospital and get this taken care of. Like, good. Give that man an MD, right? Because yeah, like, this, this was a not typical, I mean, this, and he, he was, you know, straight shooter. And I'm like, good on you, man. You, you did, you took all the work out of this for me because this is not an easy diagnosis that you uh, dug deep and figured it out. So kudos. I've had patients who have like weird or uncommon diagnoses. I've had this happen twice where they actually like brought in like a packet of information on their like weird underlying autoimmune disorder or odd like cancer that they had that they were getting treatment for. And it was like, it's almost like the first page was their history. And then underneath that was just like a couple of quick articles that you could kind of zip through reading to kind of get a basic understanding of what, they were already dealing with underlying, which was helpful. Um, but I've yet to have someone come in with like the correct diagnosis. I've had people come in with close diagnoses, oh, like they were on the right track. But see, see, Jen, I would appreciate the here's I have this unusual diagnosis that complicates my history. Here's I, a packet, unless you, so that you could gain further knowledge to help in your like care of me. Um, I just get the people that are like, hi, um, yeah, I have a history of uh, PDGF, uh, and, um, and you're like, uh-huh, mm-hmm, yeah, and they're like, you do know what PDGF is, and you're like, um, yeah, mm-hmm, as soon as I walk out of this room and I figure out what those acronyms stand yeah. for. <laughs> I think it's helpful when we're doing follow-up calls and talking to people about um, STDs and things. Sometimes we'll talk to people and we'll, you know, when we're having to tell people like you have herpes or something and sometimes they'll be like, I already looked it up. I know this. I know that. I looked at and ask them where they looked and if it's a like CDC or something. And I'm like, super. <laughs> I don't have to explain like, yes, it is lifelong and what prodromal symptoms they have. And if you have different partners and how you can take preventative like Valtrex and all these things and how many people have it and you know it's like be like okay stop crying it's it's, it's all right <laughs> it's, 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 seriously it's like crushing i'm just like i get like anxiety every time I'm like oh god i gotta tell this person they have a herpes so i would hate i mean i would hate to get this phone call and i hate making these phone calls but tell this person i have to arm them with information and i have to tell them where to get additional good information and tell them it's going to be okay like every std call so sometimes 
it's nice for people to have already looked things up if they use a good source or to have access to the internet. And also, I've talked to people about antibiotic overuse and stuff. And sometimes they're like, oh, yes, I read about how that is a problem. And I'm like, thank God. <laughs> it's like the tides are turning. Because <laughs> I was reading. Oh, where were you reading? <laughs> a lot of times that, you know, the, people get information and I don't pursue where this information came from. Mm-hmm. This was, I had a story from residency where um, you're just taking care of this, you know, this couple and, you know, da, 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 what's going on. And I get, apparently this was, this was a long, a long time ago. This is like, I thought this was unique, but apparently lots of people had this like, okay, any chance you can be pregnant? No, no chance. No. Okay. Well, are you sexually active? Yes. Do you use protection? Some. And I was like, Oh, okay. Well, what do you use? You know, use condoms, use a pill. They're like, no, we use Mountain Dew. And I was like, what? What was that last one? Yeah, we use. I drink Mountain Dew. Decreases your sperm count. And I was like, okay. So if you drink Mountain <laughs> Dew, you can't get pregnant. Nope. I read it online. At least you. At least they were ingesting it and not doing something else with the Mountain Dew. <laughs> what? Do you take this? <laughs> a baptismal of our uh, lower regions and yeah. a pre-dunking and a post-dunking or something like that. Mountain douche. <laughs> No, that's so you have to jump backwards seven times on the first Monday after the full moon. That prevents pregnancy. Well, Johns Hopkins Medicine says it is a myth. That Mountain Dew doesn't prevent pregnancy? It does not affect your sperm count. Thank goodness, because I drink that thing by bucket. I was going to say, I feel like there's a, there's a large plethora of people who have been co-created on Mountain Dew, on the Dew. Nine out of ten testicles recommend. (laughs) I mean, I have been asked about people taking like bleach baths for their multiple times. And I can't remember like the last time it was like multiple times in one week. Like people were like, so this person's here with irritation because they took a bleach bath. And I was like, it was like, so what do I do? And what do I tell them? And I was like, well, I mean, they shouldn't do that and this and this and the irritation this. I was like, okay. And I was like, you know why I didn't even have to look up? I have literally talked to people about you know, patients doing this like three times this week. I don't know what Ooh. this is posted on. A post-coital ritual? No, I think it's like a cleansing thing or a douching kind of thing. I don't know. Is this like a to prevent pregnancy? This is like a... No, no, it's a you know, like a cleanliness. Are you familiar no, with... I, I, no, Are you... <laughs> all right. Are you familiar with Scoop? You mean the Kenneth Paltrow's... Yeah. Like, uh, put, like, eggs in your... Or yeah, or you steam them or what? I'm assuming it's something like that. I don't know. I have to... I'm trying to remember exactly what the rationale was for it or if they thought they had some sort of infection or something and they decided to do that. Right. And so then they're, you know, lo and behold, they're there and it's like, well, is it because they had a bleach bath or because they have an STD or did they do the bleach bath because they thought they had an STD, you know, classic chicken or the egg scenario. Other people come in with like apple cider vinegar that they've used. Yeah, yeah, that too. The old one that, you know, their grandma told them that's what you were supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Um, it's more of a funny story how that patient once who had used cinnamon mouthwash. Guess she wanted to smell better. Like no, no, no. She, she. You just said she used cinnamon mouthwash. Exactly, Jen. How did she use said mouthwash? Not in her mouth. As a douche. Oh. She's like, I thought it would smell better. 
And I was like, think about how much that burns in your mouth. Why would you want to put that down there? Oh. Like the coffee enema thing. Yeah. I mean, you need your morning pick-you-up. You just brew a fresh cup of coffee. Yeah. <laughs> I think I th- I think people have ended up needing like surgical intervention and not having a colon anymore. And then I remember seeing one site where they interviewed a patient and it was like the person was like blaming themselves thinking they hadn't quite used the right concentration of coffee. And so that's why it went wrong. Oh. Not that this was... Did you let it cool down enough? I don't know. <laughs> well, the, the bleach, the, the bleach uh, baths make me think of even sometimes you have to just be conscious of the way you say things to patients. Mm. I, it wasn't even my patient, but I just heard about um, a grandma that had been in the emergency de- or admitted to the hospital for C. diff and then brought back into the emergency department. And the family members had stole um, a bucket of bleach wipes um, because that's what the nurses mm. told them upstairs that kills C. diff. The bleach oh. kills the C. diff. And then they had proceeded to clean grandma with the bleach wipes. Yeah. I don't know how, I don't know how you don't, I mean, maybe along with the top, like the top of the canister has like the baby with like the cross out thing. Maybe we need to put a a picture of a grandma next to the baby as well. Like just all humans, just humans. I know a downer story. Sorry. So interesting with everything going on with COVID. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you guys, but I've had a few patients coming in that want like carbon monoxide testing done. Uh, oh, that their the, that mask that their employer is making them wear is killing them. Mm-hmm. And I walked into the run room, and I it smells like an ashtray. With like it smells like an ashtray was cleaned in there with weed. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I could test you all day and all night to see if that mask is causing you to have carbon monoxide poisoning, which it's not. I can guarantee you. I think your bigger issue is how much you're smoking. (laughs) I mean, their carbon monoxide would probably be elevated. I mean, like you would be, you'd you'd walk in and they'd be like, see, I knew it was the mask. (laughs) (laughs) That's right now. It's hard too, because it's, it's an area that we're kind of learning everything as we, as kind of time goes on. And they're coming in and sometimes, you know, it's a day-to-day basis as studies come out and research comes out and recommendations. And if you've been in the department, there could have been six, you know, media events about <laughs> new drugs. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's, it's like, haven't you, haven't you heard about this? You know, I do not want to hear about anything else today. I am at my capacity for learning new things about the current everything. It is oh, it's happening so much. And then we have to, and then it's like, oh, wait, we we just, instead of researching anything, we just threw an idea out there and now we got to walk it back. That should be this whole episode is just like, just hydroxychloroquine alone yeah. with the amount of misinformation that's out there is, you go on Facebook, the, the best source for any information, everybody's like, well, hydroxychloroquine is the best thing ever. It's like, well, no, 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 doctors used it. It's like, it, that's true. Several months ago, doctors used it because we didn't know anything. And it was the only mm-hmm. thing we had. And then we studied it. And with yeah. science, things change as new developments. And you study it. And it's like, oh, it actually, unfortunately, current research says it really doesn't help. 
well, yeah, but they used to use it, so it should be working. It's like, no, no, no. It, we, we've learned that currently it doesn't really fix everything, and they studied it, and it might be doing more harm than any good that even tangentially you're getting it. That's the current up-to-date literature that we have right this second. And things change. That's science. But they don't want to hear that. Well, and it's hard, too, because so much of the research that we have going on right now are in these kind of retrospective case reviews. And so you have a few good studies that actually had the ability to do, you know, control groups and variable groups. But we were kind of running with the bulls when it came to this and trying to, to get on top of it and figure out strategies for treatment. And so places that were a few weeks or months behind in getting these surges of cases are just getting out their retrospective case reviews. And it comes back up again because yet again, you know, this group that got the hydroxychloroquine, it also had improvement. Yeah, but you have to look at that study compared to this study. Right. And that group also got steroids, and they also were prone more. They were also had prolonged before intubation. Like, there's so many other variables. But it says in the conclusion that the group that got hydroxychloroquine. So it's this, I don't think people realize how much of our education when we're in that kind of postgraduate work is on research and how to read research, understand it, and how to apply it. Yeah. And yeah. You know, every time someone in my life brings up, I say, well, yeah, I read this study the other day. I'm like, well, how many people were in the study? Oh, there's like 64. Like, like, so do you really think we can extrapolate data yeah. from 64 people and apply mm -hmm. it to the entire United States population? And they're like, well, if it works, it works. And I'm like, but it doesn't. What's the downside? Oh, okay. <laughs> well, there, there is one. You know, the only, the, the one upside is, is, everything being out there and seeing all these discussions, you know sometimes what the counter arguments are going to be. You know what people are talking about. You know the misinformation that's out there is, and you're it's, you're not going to be as caught off guard, I guess, when people try to you know tell you their side of it or what they're thinking because you you've maybe heard the the other side argument before, so you can be a little more ready for it. Well, even even something as simple as wearing a mask is something that obviously please everyone wear a mask wear a mask wear a mask wear a mask and social distance like that's the the been the overwhelming theme for the last three months but like right when we started even on like i was it even the world health or cdc i don't remember which one was like well i don't think you need to wear a mask unless you have active symptoms which at the time kind of made sense because it was a coronavirus and you can't normally you get symptoms and that's when you should wear a mask to prevent from spreading it but since that was out, like, oh, everything's changed so much. Now we know more information, but it's you're, you're you're fighting this stream of misinformation that people keep throwing out there, and it's hard. It's exhausting. Um, they they said yeah. they recommended not wearing a mask initially because they didn't want the lay public to run out and buy up PPE before healthcare people could get it. So they basically admitted that they knew people should wear a mask, but didn't trust them not to like grab it all up, and so kind of held off on recommending that, which you know, looking at it now is not a great strategy. It just kind of sows mistrust even more. So um, it was not a helpful way to handle it. I, I mean, I understand why, you know, they had to pick a strategy and go with it and why they did what they did. But I don't know. It's, uh, it's kind of hurt the cause yeah. uh, of trying to get people on board with mask wearing. Yeah. And the Internet is going to be ever present. I think we just have to figure out how to, how to work with it. Um, and people... You know, I, it's, I think it works out well sometimes for them to have information, and we just have to figure out how to direct people toward good stuff. 
but definitely turns into some interesting situations sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I feel like we could we could have a whole episode just just the Facebook episode, but uh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I remember seeing that video going around about curing a stroke, like poking people with needles. Um, save it, save it. I've got a whole article on that. So uh, all right. <laughs> We will have a, we will have a Facebook episode that I literally wrote an article just about that beauty. So Facebook episode to come. Google that. I've never heard of. Uh, oh, oh, I gotta find I'm it for you. Here in a second. Here I'm gonna go off because that's gonna. Oh, I get angry just thinking about it. So, but that actually is a, is a good little segue because um, our next episode is going to be some of the ways patients infuriate you. You have, you know, we try, we we get along with the vast majority of our patients, but uh, every once in a while, you can have a patient that can get under your skin for numerous reasons. But that'll be uh, in our next episode. So uh, that's it for this week. Thank you so much for listening in, and be smart, be safe, and have fun. In that order. See you next week. You wake up and you're not feeling as fully rested. I have that. Ha <laughs> ha!